We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Tony, welcome. How are you? Hey, Mike. Doing great. Uh, good to be with you. My pleasure. Uh, it's been an interesting start, as always, Tony. First of all, how, how surprised were you by Luck's announcement? I was very surprised, Mike. I was actually at the Colts training camp the Thursday, two days before it came out. And I watched Andrew work out. I talked to him briefly. He talked to Peyton Manning for about 45 minutes. It was alumni day, so we had a lot of uh, our former players there. And I saw nothing from him to indicate that. But in talking to Coach Reich, uh, he said Andrew's been going through this. And, and can he get himself back to – uh, the level of play that he's used to, you know, what's his body going through. And uh, nobody, you know, can visualize what athletes go through. And, and so I'm, I was surprised to hear it. I'm sorry to hear it, but I, I wish Andrew the best. And I, I think he made the decision that was best for him. And this guy, he took a beating. I mean, he, he, he was a wonderful player, but he took a terrible beating at the quarterback position, probably stood in and threw the ball deep and took a pounding about as bad as any quarterback I've seen in recent years. Well, he's, he's a tough guy and, and a great player. He did a lot in the Indianapolis area. I'm sure he'll continue to do a lot. And uh, it's sad that we won't get to see him play, but uh, we've been through this a little bit. I, I remember Barry Sanders and thinking, gosh, you know, you could play four or five more years. He gained almost 1,800 yards, I think, the year he retired. And you wanted to see him play longer. But uh, my coach, Chuck Noll always used to tell me, if you're not 100% on board, football is not a game to be playing at 95%. So I, I respect Andrew for his decision and uh, just hope he's at peace. Talking with Tony Dungy. All right, how about uh, Jacoby Brissett? They're, I know they're high on him. I know a lot of guys like him. So they think that he has ability. They do. And Frank Reich, you know, played that position as a backup quarterback. He knows what it's like to go in for a star player and have to carry the load. He told me they have no qualms about playing the year with Jacoby. They feel like they'll be able to tailor the, the game plans to what he does well. And not only does the team have confidence in him, Jacoby has confidence in himself. He feels like he can lead this team to the playoffs. And uh, from what I saw Sunday against the Chargers, uh, they were off to a good start offensively. Um. You know, the way training camp is now, and I almost get the idea, Tony, that that coaches and organizations are so they, – they, they, they're so conflicted about what they want to do in training camp now. They don't want to play anybody. They're afraid of getting guys hurt. They, it, it has changed so dramatically that when the season starts, you just don't know where these teams are. You really don't anymore because you don't see these units ever on the field as a group at any point in the whole preseason. You don't. I was really afraid for myself on our first broadcast on Sunday. You're trying to analyze and say what you think is going to happen, and you don't have any idea. I didn't see enough football from the good players to know who was going to do what on Sunday night. And I think you're right. I think teams are so conflicted and concerned about getting guys hurt, they would rather sacrifice a couple of regular season games early in the year. Maybe this is a game we could have won, but – I'm okay with that. If we don't come out of the box well, at least I have my players healthy. 
I, I don't think I would want to go through training camp like that, but I know a lot of teams have. Absolutely. And, you know, all you heard, I'll give you a perfect example. We heard how good the Steelers defense was, and then the other night they the Pats ran them out of the building. Well, when you have to play full speed, it's, it's a different game. And, uh, I, you know, it's funny. I was at the uh, Hall of Fame uh, on Hall of Fame weekend. We're signing autographs, and it just happened to be right side by side, Roger Staubach, Tony Dorsett, Joe Green, and I. So we're talking about Pittsburgh and Dallas, and we didn't talk about the Super Bowl. We were talking about a preseason game in 1978 when Roger Staubach threw 52 passes against us, and they How beat us that? on the last play of the game. How and that? we went off the field, you know, disappointed that we allowed him to score. They're celebrating, but that's the way it was. You got yourself ready in the preseason. But it's it's different now. It's totally different. It is completely different. And you know, it's funny. You see one team, and they just look like they haven't gotten, they hadn't been together for ten minutes. Then you see a team like the Pats, who look like they've been playing for three months together. Yeah. Well, when you have veteran players, the same system, a veteran quarterback, um, they they were ready to go. And you know, with some teams, you didn't see that. Philadelphia took them a half to get going. The second half, they looked like themselves. Atlanta, who we've got Philadelphia and Atlanta this week, Atlanta never did look like themselves the whole game against Minnesota. So uh, some teams, I, I saw four or five teams that looked like they were ready to play, uh, several teams that uh, we, we may not see what they really are going to be like until October. All right, what do you think? Kansas City's loaded. I mean, their offense is better than last year, but now they're going to play weeks without Tariq Hill. They're not the same team without Tariq Hill. Still explosive, and they scored 40 on Jacksonville, which says a lot. Uh, but how much do you think, or maybe not at all, do you think they miss Tariq Hill? They'll, they'll miss him in some of those big games when, when they have to score 45 to win. Uh, but they've got a lot of weaponry. The quarterback is sensational. Andy Reid knows how to call plays. I still haven't seen what I need to see from that defense, though. Um, Nick Foles, the first drive, he takes him down, scores, then he gets hurt. Gardner Minshew comes in and throws 16 or 17 completions in a row. They never did make him look like a rookie. And, yeah, they outscored him and, and put the game out of reach. But I didn't see any vast improvement from that defense to think that uh, they're going to be any different yet. Uh, they, they're great. They're going to win 12, 13 games. But will they really be able to stop people when it counts? You know, uh, let's talk about your game for a second. You have, obviously, the Eagles and the Falcons. I think the Falcons are fooling themselves. I think they still think they're only a player away since they lost the Super Bowl that they obviously had won. And if they replayed it 100 times, they'll win it 99 times. They lose that game. But I think they've fallen a lot farther than they think they have. I don't think they're a championship team anymore. Well, when you look at the changes they made, uh, first of all, from that Super Bowl team, they don't have the same offensive coordinator. They don't have the same defensive coordinator. They don't have uh, several of those key defensive players, and they're not running the ball like they did. They were so balanced that year with Freeman and Coleman. Yeah, they had the high-flying act with the receivers, but they could pound you, and they controlled the ball on the ground in that Super Bowl game. I haven't seen that kind of running attack. They're retooling the offensive line. Um, we saw them Sunday, and it was like, okay, we're going against Minnesota. We've got Matt Ryan. He's our best player. We're going to throw the ball up and down the field. They've got to get back to being balanced on offense and being physical on defense. Yep, and I think that's exactly what Minnesota did. I like what I saw from them. I like them anyway. I think they could have a good year, especially if they can keep Cook healthy. I think they could have a very good year. Dalvin Cook makes a difference in that team. And, you know, we, we can talk about the passing games all we want, and great quarterbacks win. 
But when you can pound the ball and when you make people defend the run, just like Dallas, Ezekiel Elliott comes in, and it's no surprise why Dak Prescott has a, you know, a career day. Everybody's focused on Elliott. We've got to stop him, and that gives you a ton of one-on-ones, and Dallas was able to take advantage of it. But being able to run the football is still critical in this day and age. I'm afraid that giant defense might be that bad. I, I, I hope not, but I th- I'm afraid it might be that bad because the Cowboys, they just could do whatever they wanted on Sunday, anything they it, wanted. It did not look good at all for the, the Giants. It no, no pass rush. Youngsters in the secondary didn't know how to cover a slant. It was not pretty. Missed tackles. It was, and the Cowboys called the dogs off. They didn't even try to score in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I mean, it, it could have been a lot worse than that. It was ugly. Uh, and the Cowboys look good. Cowboys, Aikman said this is their most talented team in 10 or 15 years. You know, if the offensive line's back where Zach's back and the center's back, they might be really good this year. That's what I thought in watching them. The form does Dak Prescott surprised us his first year, but they had the dominant offensive line. They had the great back. Des Bryant was still making plays on the outside. They had Witten as that safety valve tight end. Well, he's got all that back, at least against the Giants, as you say. It looked like it. the offensive line played great. Elliott, they knew they had to stop him. When they went one-on-one, he's got Amari Cooper on the outside who can win. He had um, his tight end back, Witten in the middle of the field. They just looked like they had all the elements to make it comfortable for Dak Prescott. And that defense is really good. I've been around Rod Marinelli a lot. When you aren't playing many plays on defense and when you're ahead, they're just teeing off, rushing the pass, or playing zone defense. Uh, that's the formula for Dallas, and, and they certainly had it opening day. You know, an interesting game. We're talking with Tony Dungy, of course, Super Bowl winning coach who uh, is now with NBC. Uh, and Saints and Rams Sunday, uh, very good teams. Obviously, we all know what happened last year and how the Saints carried a grudge and everything. Saints are loaded, but one thing, we know what Breeze can do. We know what Sean can call. We know how good that team is. But they are hiding the fact that Breeze can't throw the ball down the field anymore. And they got to win the way they have. They won with Peyton Manning late in his career. He can't throw that ball like he used to, but he's still so smart and accurate underneath. Can they get by without him being able to throw the ball like he used to? Well, they, they are going to, you know, they're, they're going to be a different type of team, and they are going to throw the ball quick. He's going to get it to people who can catch and run. Kamara is dynamic. They're still going to put up points. I have to see that defense come through uh, in, in crunch time. And what I saw Sunday, and again, it's first week, so we yeah. can't get too bent out of shape. It was but, terrible. Uh, yeah, Deshaun Watson. Uh, you Let's know, be honest. Really. They- Tony, they got we saw two teams last ten last fifty seconds, hundred and ten yards of offense, and nobody makes a play on defense anywhere either side of the ball. Yeah, and it wasn't played smart, uh, number one. But I, I that you know New Orleans defense, they're able to press. They pressured Watson. They got after him, but when they didn't get him, guys were open, and, and you know that's not a good sign against the Rams if if they have those kind of open receivers, golf is going to have a big day. And there's no way they should let Breeze complete that last pass. There's just no oh, way. Oh, no. You know, they played like they – you know, you can, you can make a 55-yard field goal in the dome. So you had to go into that series thinking, we can't give up 25 yards. They they played like they, they had 50 or 60 yards to spare, and it just was not well played down the stretch. No, it was not. And Watt, and, and Watt didn't even have a tackle in the game, which is un, not one registered tackle in the whole game. No, and then he got a lot of attention, and that was one of the, my questions. You know, if you're going to go all in, you're going to go after Tunsil, you're going to get Kenny Stills, 
you're saying, hey, this, we're going to make a run, then you don't trade your second-best defensive player and the guy who could create a lot of havoc when the line turns right. towards Watt and, and you get one-on-ones on the other side. Clowney was dynamic. So now they, didn't, say, they, well, didn't tr- they didn't want to pay Clowney is what it came down to, right? They didn't want to pay him. That's what it came down to. Yeah, yeah and we'll, we'll get that, that impact from somewhere else. Somebody else will step up. But if you, it, to David and Clowney would have made a difference in that game. All right, Monday night, you got two young teams, Jets, who hope they're better. They brought in Mosley, who's got a groin, don't know if he'll play. And he, and, and if he had stayed in the game on Sunday, the Bills never would have come back. As soon as he left the game, the Jets fell apart on defense. Uh, I watched every play. As soon as Mosley left, they ne- they never scored a point with Mosley on the field. And and then they scored 17. But uh, I don't know if he'll play. But you got Bell, who played well. The Jets think they're better. You got the Browns, who talked the big game, and they got they get 18 penalties in week one and lose and get trampled by Tennessee. What do you think Monday night? Two big games because the, the Jets have the Pats, the Eagles, and the Cowboys the next three games if they go 0-2. Well, I think it's big for both teams. Uh, you, both teams had high expectations. Uh, Sam Darnold, second year, we're going to see you know what he's all about. He is the guy who can take us, and I believe that. I, I believe it's Sam Darnold. Uh, new regime. So we want to see what's, what's going to happen. And to get up at home, very disappointing to lose that game. Cleveland, obviously, big disappointment. So now both of these new coaches, how do you overcome those disappointments? How do you rally the troops? And somebody is going to go deeper in the hole at 0-2, and then it's going to be even harder. So I, I think this is a huge game for both I teams. Uh, I really want to see Cleveland – with all, because I heard all the talk too, and, and all the talent that we have. Let's see what happens. Can you buckle down and win a big game when you have to? Eighteen penalties. Yeah, and I saw a little bit of that, Mike. I was at when when I went. I mentioned I talked to Andrew Luck. Well, that was Cleveland was scrimmaging the Colts, and in the morning they had some chippiness and back and forth. And I'm thinking, how are they going to handle this? And I know what Frank Wright did. Hey, we got to go out there, concentrate on ourselves. And we've got to make sure we get something out of this afternoon practice. Freddie Kenton told those guys, we can't take any stuff. I want to get it. There was so much arguing and fighting. I saw it from the Browns. And I said right then, this is not, this is not a good look. Uh, Odell Beckham and some of the other guys came away from the practice. Yeah, we were fired up. Our coach rallied us. That's not what wins games. You can't do that in a regular season. So I want to see if they can rein their emotions in and get themselves under control and play good, sound, fundamental football. You know, listen, uh, the Cleveland head coach, more power to him. I don't know him, but uh, let me say this. That's an amazing jump to jump from where he was to become a head coach. The guy's never been a coordinator in the NFL. And you know there's been anybody. That's a, that's a tall order to become a head coach in the NFL when you have never even been a coordinator in the NFL. And he's got a, a tough situation. You're fighting a losing culture, a culture that's lost for a long time. Now you add in a young quarterback who, you, who needs a lot of attention. Who likes to talk. Got, yeah. Oh, yeah, all of these other guys who, who are like to talk. Yep. Odell Beckham is high yep. maintenance. Yep. Uh, and, and, you know, that's fine. Uh, if, if, but I, I wouldn't want that as my first job. <laughs> 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 hey, uh, the Steelers look rotten. Are you worried about the Steelers, or do you think that's just we throw that one out? Well, we're going to have to throw it out. I was surprised, and I, I am a little bit worried because you, you come in knowing what you're going to face in New England. Obviously ramped up for it. Um, they played well in the preseason, but they just did not look in sync on either side of the ball. And they've always had problems 
defensively defending Brady. But they've been able to move the ball. They've been able to score points and hang in there in some games. Offense, uh, no explosive plays. Um, I, I was more surprised at that. I think they'll bounce back, and I think they'll be okay. But when you know you're going to have a big test and you come up short, that, that's worrisome. What a team that wasn't, you know, wasn't high on somebody's list who had a good opening week. Did you were you impressed by what team? Give me a team that you you were impressed by something that were you impressed by the Titans? Were you, were, I was you, impressed by the Tennessee Titans. I, I really was. Uh, I thought they went in. And they dealt with all the hype really well. They hung in there and they played their game. And uh, I, I was impressed offensively and defensively. I thought Dallas was a little better than than I expected them to be. Um, I, you know, I really liked the Colts, and I thought Jacoby Brissett would, would play well, but I was impressed with the Chargers, with uh, Eckler and uh, some of the other backs who played, and they didn't miss a boot, and, and they had to, you know, overcome some adversity, so uh, I, I thought they played well. And I, I have to say I was impressed with the Raiders on Monday night. I didn't know what to think. John Gruden tailored that offense, got the ball out quick. They didn't let the pass rush be a factor, and defensively they, they flew around a little bit. So I was more impressed with the Raiders than I thought I'd be. How bad do you think this situation in Miami is as bad as it looks like it is? No, it, it's not. And people need, need to relax there. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I sent Brian Flores a text and, and you know just encouraged him. I lost my, my first game in Tampa. We lost 38-3 to against the Packers. We couldn't even make a first down. And, you know, everybody's the hey, same old bucks. And, you know, those, those kind of things happen. And people have to hang in there. It's going to be tough. Uh, mentally, they've got to hang in. But they're going to be okay. I, I like Brian Flores and what he's trying to bring there. Um, people just have to relax and give them a little time. Yeah, you know, but the, they sent a bad message with those trades. They made everybody think like they're tanking for, for the Alabama quarterback before the season even starts, you know? Yeah, and that's tough. And sometimes, you know, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Uh, sometimes it could be guys. We had to let some guys go in Tampa my, my first year that didn't want to buy into how I wanted to do it, and they were good players. And you can't come out and, and press them. You can't really say, oh, well, they, they didn't buy into what we were doing. Sometimes you make those, those trades. Uh, sometimes you make them because people give you something that really is too good to be true. And that's what happened with us in, in Tampa. We, we made some trades. We got rid of some guys. The next year, we drafted Warwick Dunn and Riddell Anthony and Rondi Barber. And, you know, we, we made some hay with those trades that we got for some of those veteran players. So it can, it can all work out. Uh, it is rough going through that. Nobody wants to go through a 5-11, and 4-12 season. But sometimes you learn uh, enough and you build a foundation for the future. And um, it, it can happen. You think the Pats are already second-guessing themselves when they get this news about all this new headlines about Antonio Brown now and these rape charges and everything? Well, I hope they're not second-guessing themselves because anybody who looked at the whole situation, you had to know there's a little bit more under the surface when you have a team in Pittsburgh that has a guy, knows a guy, and they they give up a a generational talent for a third-round draft choice. And then the next team who gets him, guarantees them $30 million, and they give up on them before they play even one game, that ought to tell a reasonable person, buyer beware. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I, would, I, would, I would agree. So, I would agree. Oh, you, 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 get, you get what you get. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you had to know something was there. Maybe not that. I don't even know if this stuff is true, and I really don't care. But to me, 
there was enough out there before uh, throwing furniture off the 14th floor of buildings, uh, hiring a chef to feed everybody at the Pro Bowl and then not paying them, yep. uh, not showing up for your team's last game of the year when they can make the playoffs. You know those kind of things. Videotaping uh, a meeting with your head, videotaping meetings with your head coach in his office. Yeah, I mean, we shouldn't be surprised at anything that we see, and I I hope this latest stuff is not true because obviously it's it's terrible if it's true. But even before that, to me, there was enough red flag that you have to give it a lot of thought before you brought him in. Thanks, Tony. We'll we'll be watching Sunday. Thanks very much. All right, Mike. Always good. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Tony. Uh, The the uh, NBC's analyst, Tony Dungy, uh, who is really one of the – there's two guys who are kind of the the uh, guys who, like, talk all the coaches off the ledges around the country, you know, and, and mentor the coaches. One is Bill Parcells, and then the other is Tony Dungy. And they all have their guys, and they talk to all of them. And Dungy is great with these coaches around the country. I mean, he is uh, as well thought of as anybody in the league. He's probably got a higher rating for credibility of anybody in the league. Everyone in the league loves him. And he does, as he said, send a message uh, to the Miami coach. I mean, he does stuff like that. He's uh, incredibly well-respected. But when you see the stuff with Brown, you got to be thinking, you know. And Gruden still wanted to keep him. The owner finally got involved. Gruden was like, I don't care that he taped me in the room. The owner's like, we can't let him tape your conversations in the, that you're having with him in the office and put him on the Internet. You can't have that. And Gruden's like, I don't even care about it. Gruden didn't care even about that. You know, throwing furniture off the 14th floor. I mean, you know, he could kill somebody. I mean, and now the latest stuff. You know, he went to Paris and, you know, lucky he didn't, you know, burn his feet to the point we couldn't play anymore. And then... uh now, we don't know, again, I'm not saying it's true, but he's being accused of rape by a former trainer. And he says it was consensual. She says it was rape. I don't, and I'm not saying he's guilty. He's not guilty just because he's Antonio Brown, but it's always something with this guy. There's always another story back after this. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.